How many of you can say that God is good? We serve an amazing God. This morning we have a, a great uh, treat for us, uh, Pastor Coach. How many of you remember Pastor Coach, love Pastor Coach? He's one of the few people that his title uh, doesn't have a name. He's Pastor Coach. <laughs> Pastor Coach Alfredo, uh, he's a, a dear friend and uh, inspiration and a mentor uh, to many of us here. Uh, he comes from Grace Bible Pearlside on Oahu, and months ago we asked him to come and encourage us, and uh, he has a heart for this church. He, he's been coming for the past 30, 40 years, and, um, and when this church wasn't even in existence and we were just meeting in the preschool building, uh, he was bringing a mission team over uh, way back then, and it's been an amazing relationship throughout the years. And um, he's a campus pastor at uh, Grace Bible, I mean, Pearlside Regal Campus. And, um, and he's been coming over the years and has been a huge blessing to us. Uh, could you please welcome Pastor Coach Alfredo Canencia this morning? Oh, it's great to be here today. Uh, you know, when I was on the plane this morning, uh, the weather was so beautiful, but I was thinking about just being with you folks. I, I've been coming here for the last 40 years, and uh, every time I come, you know, um, I come, but I get blessed too, you know. I, hopefully you get blessed, but, but I get blessed too. I get to come and see what God is doing here. Uh, you know, I, I come bring greetings from Pearlside Church. Uh, you know, we had Pastor John over, uh, I think about a month ago, he, he shared with us, uh, you know, some of the things that's been happening here, in, especially during the wildfires and your response as a church. I mean, let me tell you what, we saw the pictures, we saw some videos, and we were inspired that, that, that the church of Jesus Christ is not just hunkering down and trying to play safe, but actually you guys are out there helping people on the front line. I just, I just want to commend you folks for that and give you guys just a clap offering to God because you guys are special. You guys are special. And, you know, we from Oahu, we, we've, you know, we've, see, we've seen the news and we've been praying uh, with such a heavy heart. And, and, and how many of you know that you cannot just pray and stop praying? You have to pray on, right? Uh, some of them are still struggling. Some of you are still going through difficulty. And, uh, you know, so I, I just want to say that uh, we, we, we are aware of this and we're praying. We're not just on another island doing our own thing. What happens on Maui, it happens to the Hawaii people. It happens to us. And uh, so, you know, you, you are dear in our hearts. Uh, you know, you guys have been in a series called um, Ohana Matters. If you, can, if you grew up in Hawaii, man, let me tell you, Ohana is, is, well, people think it's everything. It's not everything, but it's very important. Yeah, because family matters most. It's very important. We're very relational. And so um, my title of my message is Fighting for Family. Fighting for your biological family. How many of you have a uh, family that's not saved yet? Don't know Jesus yet? Anybody got that? You Filipino, you got a lot. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I pick on the Filipinos because I'm Filipino. I travel on the road. People think I'm Samoan. They think me, no, I'm Filipino. Okay. <laughs> but, but also fighting for your spiritual family. How many of you know the enemy wants to divide and conquer? That's all he wants to do. 
See, God not only cares about our relationship with him, uh, Pastor John talked about that exchange, this is very important. But he also cares about our relationship with one another. He also cares about our relationship with people far from God. That's why it's important that we fight for family and not just fight with family. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Some siblings, you, know, you, 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 you fight with your siblings, you fight with your relatives, but God wants us to fight for them. Why? Because, you know, because who else is going to stand in the gap? Who else is going to help them? It's we who are born again with the Spirit of God that can help people. Well, here, my first point is here, being offended. How many of you have been offended? You might be offended right now, you know, as I'm talking to you. Being offended is inevitable. But staying offended is a choice. How many know, how many know what I'm talking about? You can be offended, but you're going to get offended. We live in a broken, fallen world. I mean, if I talk to you long enough, I'm probably going to offend you. Okay? I'm not intentionally doing it. But, 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 but what happened is I don't really sometimes understand your uh, position, where you come from. And I can speak to you, and it can come down sometimes condescending. I know what that is because I'm a short guy. Everybody talks to me down, condescending. I know how that feels, yeah. But you see what happened is the Bible says, Luke 17 in the New King James Version, verse 1, he, he said, Jesus said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. So being offended is, is something that's going to happen. It's inevitable. But what we do with those offenses... It's very important. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. There is a righteous anger that can degenerate to sin. Don't stay angry. Don't stay offended. Don't stay offended. Why? The devil works to accuse and divide the family of God and to sow discord among them. When we harbor anger in our heart, we do the devil's work for him. You know, there's a book, and you probably read it before. It's always good to read it again. How many of you heard of the book, um, Bait of Satan? Yeah, The Bait of Satan? Okay. If you, didn't, you should read that book. Okay. Uh, written by John Bevere. And he exposes one of the most deceptive snares Satan uses to get believers out of the will of God. And he uses offenses. The trap restrains countless Christians to sever relationships and widen the gulf between us. See, are you ensnared by bitterness this morning? Or maybe seized by anger or held captive by resentment because someone has offended you? What Bevere talks about is how we can escape Satan's grip. We don't have to fall and take the bait of Satan. Tell the person next to you, don't take the bait of Satan. Okay, okay. <laughs> because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to take, take offense and, 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 and get angry. But you see, what happened, we have to realize that's what he's trying to do. Um, you know, there's a timely resolution. The verse continues, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. This suggests that the unresolved anger can fester and harm our relationships. It's a call to seek reconciliation, forgiveness promptly, rather than harboring grudges. 
How many of you know what I'm talking about? You get around somebody you work with or you're in the community with, if they have bitterness, they have anger, it just comes out. They become very toxic. And it's a hurt people want to hurt other people. And so we have to go to the root, not just to the fruit. A lot of times we deal with the fruit, we deal with the leaves, but we never deal with the root. So what happens is when you deal with the fruit, oh, it goes away, you're okay. But because you didn't deal with the root, it begins to press you up again. And I, I want to encourage you today. That, that if you're in that place, there's a timely resolution. Don't let the sun go down before you make restitution with someone. Unresolved anger not only harms our relationship with others, but also opens the door for negative influences in our lives. It's a reminder that unchecked anger or, un, or, or, or offenses can lead us away from God's path. It's, it's important that we watch that. When, when conflict inevitably arises in our personal relationships, we have the choice to remain angry and offended by focusing on the offender and the offense, or we can focus on the Holy Spirit, like we sang this morning, and allow him to surface where perhaps selfish motives to, focus, to, to expose in us maybe pride. You know what pride does, right? Pride creates problems. Humility brings unity. And that's why God said if we humble ourselves first before him, then what happened, we, 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 we restore that relationship with God, then it affects the people around us. See, I was talking to a young couple uh, the other day that um, we're going through some real difficulty because uh, the husband did something that was very offensive. And um, so... But because he did something very offensive, the wife was very angry and very bitter and unforgiving. So because the husband did something wrong, okay, we have to deal with that. But her response doesn't really help the situation. And I had to kind of like talking with them and kind of like clap my hands, hey, stop, stop, and give them the bigger picture of what's going on. What's going on in the world? Oh, that's for the last part, last, last picture. <laughs> Uh, I have to kind of stop them and look at the bigger picture. See, sometimes we gotta we gotta pull back and and look. And I said, look, look, the devil is just trying to divide you guys. Don't give him any room. Don't give him any space. Don't give him a foothold into your life. And I began to pray for them, and the Holy Spirit came on them. I mean, you know, you can go to counseling, and you, I can talk to you until you blew in the face. I can talk to you until I'm blue in the face. It doesn't matter if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up. Holy Spirit showed up in that room. All of a sudden, there's a brokenness and there's tears and there was forgiveness. Now we got them on the journey of healing. Because you have to recognize there's a devil out there who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And you have to make an intentionality not to allow him to do that. You know, I was talking to this woman that... Uh, she's fighting with her neighbors. Oh, yeah, somebody might somebody relate to this, you know. Fighting with their neighbors. I mean, just kind of going off, and this person is a Christian. And the things I've been hearing about, wow, it do doesn't reflect anything about the love of God. And uh, she's like, you know, getting into arguments. And then I talked to the husband, and, and, and what happened is this was going on for days. I mean, the other people, they're not Christians. 
Yeah, the Bible says they will know we are Christians by the love we have. <laughs> you know, you have to bless them, not blast them. And really just really connect with them, you know. And so, so as, the, as talking with them, what surfaced out of the, 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 the woman was that there was some bitterness and anger in her heart toward her stepfather. And every time she has conflict, this, this thing began to conjure up inside of her and anger. And, and just, you know, she just vala out. Just let the mouth, the mouth go. I mean, just let it go, you know. How I many of you can't take the words back? But see, what is God doing inside of me? Whenever I go through conflict, it's not so much trying to change the other person. God, what are you trying to do inside of me? What are you trying to change inside of me? You see, because I found over the years of walking with God that when I begin to come to grips of what God's trying to do inside of me, and I respond with a heart that loves God and loves people, there's a ripple effect that comes out of me, and it begins to change the circumstances around me. Can I hear an amen, somebody? God wants to do that. But you see, you're trying to change the other person when you realize you're pointing the finger, but three of the fingers are pointing back at you. And God's trying to get your attention. Especially if you have the same offense comes up over and over. I want to tell you right now, just to let you know, it's not the other person, it's you. And the moment you come to God, say, God, what are you trying to do in me? I humble myself before. God, I'm seeing these circumstances come up too many times. What are you trying to transform me? And when you come to that place, let me tell you what. You're in, a, you're in a good place. You're in a place where God can heal you, set you free, but not just heal you. He can flow his spirit and anointing through you to help others. Can I hear an amen, somebody? That's what God wants to do. So reconciliation is more important than being right. Look what it says here in, in um, uh, Matthew 5, 21. He says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them and come and offer your gift. And you come this morning, you're worshiping God, but maybe you have some offense or anger in your heart. And God said, yes, leave the gift of worship here, but go and be reconciled. He's trying to show us how important it is to be reconciled with your brother and your sister. Because you're not giving any foothold of the enemy, not just destroying your relationship, but destroying your soul. I mean, you know, that all we want is the peace of God. But when we have some offense and anger and, and bitterness, we don't have the, the peace of God ruling in our heart anymore. And so God wants to get into the area. So, you know, you see here, he said, murder shall not murder. They whoa, Pastor Coach, I thought you were talking about Ohana and family. Well, he's trying to make a point here that beyond the physical act of murder to address the root of anger, offenses. 
God wants to deal with the root, not just the fruit. He wants to dig up the root inside. But you see, God's not going to force you to do that. He wants you to surrender your life. Where is that root of bitterness in your heart? You know when it's there because when you get around that person, you get this, <sighs> smiling on the outside, <sighs> on the inside. And God wants you to not live like this, but to live like this. Letting go. Letting go of that offense and that anger and that bitter. Oh, Pastor Coach, you don't know what they did to me. Well, you know what they did to Jesus on the cross? He didn't deserve that. But he took it for you and I. And he gives us the power to overcome bitterness and anger. I've been a Christian for 40 years, 42 years, and I realized this, man. You can be walking in victory and the power of God, but the moment you harbor bitterness or offense, man, it trips you up. It gets you going down the wrong road. And today, this morning, maybe perhaps you're going down that road, and I want to say to you, man, God has a better plan for you. But he only can do for you, you can, he can do for you what he, what, what, for forgiving you and giving you the grace, but he cannot do for you what you need to do for yourself in letting go of that. Letting go of that bitterness and anger. He says, leave your gift there because before the altar and go your way. Jesus considered it far more important to be reconciled to a brother than to perform a religious duty. Jesus says we must first be reconciled to your brother. We can't think that our service today towards the Lord justifies bad relationships with others. In Romans 12, 18, he says, uh, if it is possible, uh, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. That's God's the desire that you live with peace with, with all men. I, I, was, uh, I, was, I, was, I got back from Oregon, and I was in my condo. I come out of the elevator, and there's a, a floor, you know, you're walking out. Well, the guy was mopping the floor, okay? And he had the sign up, you know, that, hey, watch out, it's slippery, you know? So, you know, I, I, I'm looking at that, but I was in a rush. How I many of you sometimes you're in a rush? You see the sign on the inside, but I had no clue that he mopped on the outside of the door. So I was like rushing out, you know, walking with a purpose, and I slipped. And I did the splits. Now, don't try to imagine me doing the splits. I'm, I'm almost 60 years old, okay? But I did the split, and my knee hit the ground, and I was like, oh, man, I was in pain. Then I started talking to the security over there. I was trying to warm up, you know. You, I mean, if you played sports, you know when you're injured. You know already. It, you, it's going to freeze up. It's going it's gonna, it's gonna to swell up, and you, you're injured, okay? So the guy comes out, and he's he was telling the security, I told him not to walk over there. And he was like lying out of his teeth. And I looked at him, I said, you're lying. Now, if you know Pastor Coach, I, you know, I, I, I might be a real nice guy, but I can turn into a pit bull real fast. Especially if you're lying to me. Yeah? So he's lying right out of his teeth. And I just, I just went off. Okay, how many, how many ever went off? Now, I didn't cuss or curse, but I went off on him. Okay, I said, you did not, I, I gave him a piece of my, I gave him pieces of my mind, actually. I just let him have it. And he was all shaken up, you know. And uh, he was an older Filipino guy. 
And, 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 you know, so I was worrying about my knee. I had to go to the emergency and check it out. And, and, and praise God, you know, um, I was limping around for a couple of days, but then it got better. But, but what happened was I went to church, and I was like, uh, we had a meeting, and we was like worshiping God. How do you get into those meetings? And, and the Holy Spirit reminded me, like, oh, the way you talk to that guy was not what I would do. I'm like, oh, yes, Lord, I know. Praise you, Jesus. I want to worship you. And God said, hey, leave your praise at the altar and go make things right. Go make things right. So what was I? I went back to the, the condo where I live. I was looking for him. His name was Ricardo. I was looking for Ricardo. And um, he, he was mopping the floor again. <laughs> but this is so funny. He had signs all over <laughs> He was preparing for me. And I walk in there. I say, hi, Ricardo. Uh, first, yeah, he was all like, oh, what are you going to do to me? And I, I, I said, first of all, I want to ask you to forgive me. How I talk to you, uh, that's not really what I'm about. I, I, I'm a believer in Jesus. I never pulled a pastor's card. I don't want to do that. I said, I'm a believer in Jesus. And, and how I treated you wasn't right. And I asked you to forgive me. How, how many of you know he was shocked? He's like, his jaw was dropped, and like, he was with the mop in his hand, you know. Like, okay. And, and, and he's like, he said, no worry, I will put signs out for you, so you don't ever slip again. I was like, it's so, you know, but we all have our human moments. Nobody's perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. And in those human moments that we have, it's always good to go back. And humble yourself and ask for forgiveness. To make things right. Close the gap because I don't want him seeing me when I go home and he's like, you know, having bitterness, anger in his heart because I didn't take the step of forgiving him and letting him go. I'll tell you another story. My brother, Randy, he watches my dad. My dad is 85 years old. And, um, but he's having Alzheimer's and, and challenges, you know. So my brother watches with his wife and Kids, they take care of my dad. And one day he texted us, and, and I had these text messages. And, and, but I was busy, so I didn't reply to the text message. Hey, when your brother or sister texts you, reply, okay? It's very important. I didn't reply to them. And I went through the day. I, was, I had a busy day then. Then he sends this ugly text. Like, you don't love your dad. You don't care for dad. And, I mean, I was reading the text. How many of you know your blood is boiling on the inside? And I'm thinking, I'm going to call him up because I'm the older brother. I'm the elder. And I'm going to set him straight. But what happened is the Lord began to convict my heart. See, it's about not just being right. It's about reconciling and making things right. What I did, I drove to his house. And I just, I just, I just humbled myself. And I, I looked him dear in the eye and said, forgive me but not returning that text. And I know it appears like I don't care, but you know I love that. And, and, and I'm going to make every point. See, and we had a conversation. All he wanted to do was have a conversation so he, we know what he's going through. I have, you know, we have six of us. And he was just feeling overwhelmed in that day. But you see, if I was self-centered, thinking about myself, I'm right, I'm a pastor, I'm very busy, you don't know what I do. And come with arrogance? No, no, I made a choice to humble because it's not about being right. It's about being reconciled to my brother. And I closed the gap. We talked about everything after that. 
In fact, I felt so good, I gave him some of my Nike shoes after that. <laughs> you know, that's a big thing for me to do that. But he has the same size as me, so I gave him a boots, I gave him some Nike shoes, and he was all big smiles after that. But what I'm saying that I wanted to close the gap. Some of you, you you're harboring uh, offense and anger, and, and God saying, well, close the gap. And you might say, wow, I'm waiting for my brother and my sister to close the gap. No, God is waiting for you to close the gap because you're a believer. You have a relationship with God. And when you go with a spirit of humility and, and be humble, you'll be surprised what God does. Because when I went there and I humbled myself, God was dealing with my brother, and he was all in tears in his eyes because he, he felt bad for sending that ugly text message to me, which I erased. I'm not going to remember anymore. But you see, you close the gap. Some of you, I can just sense in my spirit, okay? You're serving God. You love God. That's not the question. The question is, are you closing the gap and be reconciled with your loved one? Are you willing to humble yourself, swallow your pride, and say, hey, Man, you know, I was wrong. Some of us, we have a hard time saying that. I was, you know, you get the Fonzie effect. Some of you young guys don't understand, but I was No, hey, practice saying, confession. Confession is good for the soul. You know, I grew up in the Catholic church. We go to the, the confession box all the time until I ask myself, who is the priest confessing his sins to? Confession is really good, you know? And you may be here, you're praying to God, right? God, forgive me. God, forgive me for my, my brother. Forgive me for my friend. Forgive me for my coworker. And the Bible says, 1 John 1, 1, 9, he says, he's faithful. How many know he's faithful? And just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You're forgiven. But you walk around, you're forgiven because God forgives you but you walk around still hurt. Because it's not about confessing only to God. That's why I love about small groups. It's about confessing to one another. See, small groups, we go there sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too. I know you guys are small groups. This is what we believe in discipleship. We talk about everything under the sun. But you know what small groups is all about? It's about confessing your sins, your faults. Because the Bible says in James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. See, you confess to God, he forgives you. But the moment you confess to one another, that's why we call to be in community. The Bible says you're healed. Some of you, you've been confessing to God. God has forgiven you of that. But you're still walking around hurt and broken. It's because you haven't yet gotten into a community of safe brothers and sisters and confess your sin to them. The moment you do that, you're not just forgiven. You are healed by God. You're healed by God. If you haven't been in a small group, let me tell you what, go and be there. When I go to a small group, I'm not the pastor. I take the pastor's hat off. I'm just a brother in Christ. And you know what? I have to confess my sins, confess my faults and what I do wrong. Because confession, listen to this, is good for the soul. When you confess it, you let it go. I didn't plan to say that, but I'm saying it now because I feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to all of us. And some of us, that we confess to God, but we haven't confessed one to another. When you do that, you are healed and you're set free. Can I hear an amen, somebody? See, 
fighting comes only from pride, but wisdom is with those who listen. Oh, Jesus, help us. When told what we should do. Yeah. Um, we have to be slow to speak and swift to hear. There's a guy who's always grumbling to his, uh, his kids, you know. Uh, he's, he's just always making it hard for everybody. And then one day he said the Lord spoke to him. And God told him, no grumble, be humble. <laughs> he said there was a revelation. And the moment he started being humble and not grumbling to his kids, his relationship with his kids got so much better. Because he, told, he didn't come off and just grumbling and, and condescending. No, he just wanted to be humble. He wanted to see how he can help them, how he can serve them. The moment he did that, his relationships all got better. You see, you have to guard our relationships by guarding our heart and tongue. The Bible says in Luke 6, 45. Whoa, okay. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You see, what's on the inside will come on the outside. Bible tells us, and you can look at it in uh, Matthew, it talks about, 15, talks about out of the heart have evil thoughts, murders, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. It comes out of our heart. That's why it's important that uh, we guard our heart. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for everything flows from it. You have to guard your heart. And when he says guard your heart, he's got to guard your mind. Because why? The enemy is firing darts all the time in our mind. The battle is right in your thought life. It's coming against you, trying to sow seeds of discord, trying to bring a division in you, in you and your family. And so you have to be intentional in your faith. The Bible says, Ephesians 5, 26, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. I mean, you know, you came this morning, and, you know, you probably, you know, if you took a bath last night, but you probably took a bath this morning or what? You know, it's good to take a bath because if you, if you did it, we would smell you when you walk in, right? But we take a bath on the outside, but we never take a bath on the inside. And some of us, our hearts uh, on the outside, we can look good, but our heart's not right. So we need, the, we need the word of God, the spirit of God to breathe on us so our hearts can become right before him. You know, I tell people, the word of God is really important. Psalms 119, how shall a young man, yeah, I'm, I still think I'm a young man. How shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed to the word? And, and the word of God is so important because the word cleanses us. It said, the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let me tell you what, you, you, you're tempted to be angry, you're tempted to be unforgiving or, or taking offense. Well, let me tell you what, the temptation is there. What you have to do is get the word of God. It's an indication that you're probably, low, you're probably running low on the word of God. The more you get God's word inside of you, the more you want to do God's will, the more you want to live for him. See, the word of God is like a filter. Okay, when you're reading God's word, there's a filter that goes up. When the enemy fired these thoughts and all these things wrong, the filter catches it. Oh, that's not, that's, that's not of God. You catch it. You're more aware of it because you're in the Word and you're praying. You'll catch it. But if you're not in the Word, 
You're not walking in fellowship with God. You have no filters up. Enemies sending all kind of stuff in you. I want to say to you today, get the filters up. Catch those lies of the enemy. You know, and then the thoughts of just the negativity of, of unforgiveness and bitterness. Catch it when you put it up. See, sometimes our heart has to, has to come before God. You know, it's why it's important that we walk every day. I try to do this before I sleep every night to make sure my heart is right before God. Lord, just pray this Holy Spirit, if there's any area of offense inside of me, show me. You pray that prayer. You might, you might stay up and pray another 30 minutes, you know, but stay that prayer. Show me. Because you, 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 you ask him to show you, he will show you. Because he doesn't want you to live in bondage, in, 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 in unforgiveness, and bitterness. He wants you to live free and have the peace of God. The Bible says in James 3, it says, when we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take shifts as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue. It's a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. You see, the tongue. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. You see, there's a power in our tongue on life and death. So we have to guard our heart, but we also have to speak words that will build people up. Not words that's going to tear people down. Words that are going to build them up. Words that are going to bring life to them. How many of you like to be around somebody who's always speaking life? Man, you just get around and you just want to eat all the fruit. Yeah, go, just keep going, keep going. Yeah, I, yeah, I know I'm great. Yeah, just keep telling me that. Yeah, <laughs> I know I'm exaggerating, but we like to be around people who speaks life. That's why it's important that we 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 also speak life into people's life. Um, gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Answering before listening is both stupid and rude. That's the message Bible. <laughs> so we have to always be slow to speak, but make sure we choose our words, words of life, and, uh, you know, and, and really speaking to people. I, you know, one of the things I talk to parents a lot of times, and they talk to the kids, and, you know, when the kids are young, you just kind of, you know, you give them the command, right? You're like the hero, right? And, you know, the kids just love you. You're like, you're like the hero dad, yeah? And then when they get to teenage and high school, you went from hero to zero all of a sudden, you know? Like, they're not listening. And then they become adults, you're talking to them. It's important. It's, you know, how many of you know that even though they're kids or they're adults, they're still your children? But this mother realized she cannot talk to her kids, her adult kids, the way she talked to them when they were young. You have to adjust and speak with more kindness. And not so much commands, but maybe ask questions. And begin to minister. And you know what happened? God began to heal their relationship. Because it's not what you say, it's really how you say it. And if you're going to have relationships with people, what does that sound? Yeah. 
I was wondering if, they, if an angel came in. You know, I better just, I, I better get off the stage. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to be in his way. <laughs> it's the way you say it. Okay, I better go back here. <laughs> I go back. Here. Okay, okay. Yeah. Anytime, anytime you want to take over, anytime. <laughs> I want to close with this. I'm going to close with this, honestly. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> oh, it's your fault. <laughs> Oh, is that a phone call? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to close with this. The Bible says, put on love and forgiveness. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive. As the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on, everyone say put on, love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. You see, we have to choose to put on. How many of you went to your closet this morning and you look and try on this clothes and try on that clothes? And, and if you're like me, I can never decide. I just like, you know, I bring them all out. <laughs> so, uh, TMI, too much information. But yeah, but sometimes we're putting on anger. We're putting on resentment. We're putting on unforgiveness. But we have to put on love. We have to put on kindness. Why? Because we want to be the children of God. There will, will be an example, not about being perfect. It's about being loving. How many of you know when you realize how much God forgave you, then you can become forgiving. When someone have a hard time forgiving someone, it just, it just tells me they need a fresh revelation of how much God forgave them. When I realize how much God forgave me, oh, man, I become forgiving. When I realize how much God loves me, I become more loving. It always goes back to our relationship with God. I'll close with this story. And I know Pastor John is going to come up with, with communion. This is a, a picture of Kiyoki, his wife Cherry, and his son Keanu and Jaden. Uh, this picture is taken in the, the lobby of, of Regal Theaters where we have service at. Kiyoki went through an ugly divorce with his former wife because she had an affair. And he was actually a church leader, and he was operating. But because of the, the, um, the, the wife's affair, it really caused him to go into spin. And what he did was he actually walked away from God. And he was, he was, he was so when he walked away, he met Cherry. He got married to Cherry and uh, his son Keanu and Jaden. But along the way, they were having problems because Kiyoki was having a drinking problem. See, he was dealing with the fruits, but he wasn't going to the root of bitterness. Until he, one day, I met him because someone invited him uh, to our service. I had a coffee time with him. How many of you know sometimes when you have a coffee time with people, the truth always comes out. And I realized that he had a root of bitterness he had to deal with. And forgive his ex. Forgive and let go. Well, because he was having a drinking problem, he was having problems with his current wife. She wanted to leave. How many of you know if you don't deal with issues, it comes up again? 
And so you have to come and ask the Lord to work in him. So what happened was he came and he humbled himself. He humbled himself. His wife came to the church and she wasn't saved yet. He humbled himself. He asked his wife for forgiveness. For all the, the drunken nights when he was drunk and saying things to her, he asked for forgiveness. He recommitted his life to God. See, when you make things right with God, like, just like the cross, when you make things right vertical, then it affects your horizontal. So what happened is he asked the wife to forgive him. She forgave him. God began to send them on a path of healing in their marriage. Their two sons, uh, Keanu, the bigger one, he wants to, he's, he's so on fire for God. He comes to our meetings. He's in high school. He's praying in the Holy Spirit. He wants to reach out to his classmates on Lelu High School. He wants to start a small group. This, this young man's on fire. Uh, the, the other brother, they're just kind of serving God. There's this excitement. There's a joy. And, and, and what happened was Cherry and um, uh, Kiyoki start reaching out to their neighbors. They start coming to, to the Lord. Why? Because they see a change in Kiyoki. The guy who was, had a foul mouth, all drunk, and never know what to do. After, you know, the next morning, God began to cause love to happen between him and Cherry, and the people around began to see change. How would they know unless they see the love that we have for one another? That's the greatest witness right there. And so what happened is God began to restore it to the place where Kiyoki is one of my key leaders. Today, he's on my staff. And he's working as our operation director on our staff. How can a guy who was being, you know, drunk out of his head, all of a sudden, he's being a place of serving? Because he humbled himself. And he realized, I'm sick and tired of just dealing with the fruit. Lord, come and deal with my root. And because he did that, God healed the family. Let me tell you something. What God has done for Kiyoki and his wife, Cherry, God can do for you. My question is this. Maybe perhaps the Lord is putting on your heart to close the gap. Make things right so we can do that. Just bow your heads for a moment and say, uh, just pray. Holy Spirit. Thank you today, Lord. Lord, I stand before a people that love you, a people that's seeking after you. But Lord, maybe perhaps some of them are wounded because of offenses and maybe of things that were said about them and there's some anger that's on the roots, on the inside of them. But today, God, as the truth of your word spoken, God, let the truth set them free today, Lord. That, Lord, that bitterness, that anger, that offense, they were no longer carried with them, but they would let it go. But they will close the gap and make things right. And when they do that, Lord, you're going to do something miraculous in their relationship. Breathe upon them right now, God. Put a res resolve in every one of our hearts that we're going to fight for our family. We're going to fight for our spiritual family. We're going to close the gap and not give any room for the devil. No foothold of the devil. But Lord, I pray right now, breathe upon us, God. Breathe upon us, God. Thank you, Lord. God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for your presence here, for the word that you gave to us, and for the commission that you have for every single one of our lives. 
Lord, to, to see this community change and transform and your kingdom advance through our lives. We thank you for all of these things in Jesus' wonderful name. And God's people said, amen. amen.